to the Salted Carmel Podcast from Our Lady of Mount Carmel. This is a show where we have the chance to share God's stories in everyday individuals, mainly our parishioners. I'm David Cook, the Stewardship Director, and with me is the very magical Jody Curtis. Ooh, I like that word, David. <laughs> yes, yes. I hear you just went to Disney World, so. I did. Very magical place. I did. <laughs> Jody, who's our guest today? Our guest today is Dr. Jonathan Titus. We're very excited to have him with us today. Jonathan, tell us about yourself and your connection to Our Lady of Mount Carmel. So uh, I've been at the parish for a while. Um, my family moved to Our Lady of Mount Carmel in 1993 um, when I was in sixth grade. Um, and so I spent my junior high years at the school there at the parish. Hmm. Uh, lots of years in uh, high school youth groups through their years and stayed connected through Society Society in college. And so I've uh, really been, a, uh, I guess, a son of the parish for many, many years and now my own children are doing the same thing. Wow. I didn't know you came in at sixth grade. I thought all Tituses were just born in Our Lady of Mount Carmel. <laughs> I thought it, that it would appear too. that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You don't regret it for a minute, right? No, of course not. <laughs> Perfect. Good answer. <laughs> so let's just dive right in. What do you remember, probably life before sixth grade, mm -hmm. of a relationship without Christ? Because once you got to sixth grade, you're just welcome to- Of course. That's when, I, yeah, that's when everything happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think for me, you know, being a cradle Catholic, a lot of times our stories don't seem like they're very uh, dramatic. You know, we don't have that like knocked off the horse on the Damascus moment. Um, I grew up in a family where, you know, the faith was very much woven into our family life, you know, from the start. And so I think I've always had some awareness and some uh, some sort of relationship with Christ. But obviously, it's changed mm -hmm. over the years quite a bit. Um, and like I, when I think of my life before and after my relationship with Christ, I really think of that moment where I kind of intentionally took ownership of my relationship with Christ. And it wasn't just, you know, my parents' faith and me kind of tagging onto that, but it was mm -hmm. where like I decided that like, you know, I, I believe in Christ. I think that, um, everything that Catholicism is true and therefore I need to figure out who God is and form that relationship for myself. Wow. So tell us about that. How did you figure out who God is? Mm -hmm. Um, so I, you know, I, I people talk a lot about privilege nowadays, <laughs> and, oh, in, do and, and, in, <laughs> and in some ways, I feel like the ultimate privilege is growing up in a uh, a loving family and mm -hmm. un feeling unconditionally loved. And I, I definitely had that. And I feel like that part of it and having a loving father, for example, helped me understand how God could be a loving father. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think that was something that was ingrained from a young age that, um, I could understand and see how a father could be unconditionally loving. Mm -hmm. um, I think that was a start. Um, and I have some relatives who are um, Dominican sisters down in Nashville. Um, nice. And truthfully, the, our trips down there, we'd go down a couple times a year and spending time at the convent was a huge blessing. I don't think I realized at the time, but like mm -hmm. it was such a joy filled, um, holy experience down there. How old were you when you took trips? Um, I think my first aunt, and again, they'll probably fact check me on this when they hear the <laughs> podcast, but I think my first aunt probably ordered the con into the convent when I was five, six, maybe. Oh, so wow. from a young age. Dang. Um, and so, you know, every couple times a year since then, mm -hmm. you know, we've been going down there and 
um, really seeing what that kind of life can look like. And there was such a, it was such a young order um, and they were so filled with joy that I really think that influenced my uh, perspective and my idea of what the faith was also. Yeah, it is a very, I've been there as well. Mm -hmm. And I love the way you describe it as being joy filled in mm -hmm. what I think when I went, I assumed it was going to be a really quiet place mm -hmm. and, yeah. um, you know, people whispering or sitting around praying and right. the sisters were playing ultimate frisbee yeah. outside and walking right. wow. and I mean, laughing. My memories are of being in the chapel and saying prayer before lunch yeah. and then going outside and playing basketball with the sisters. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, so, I mean, it was a very, very active, you know, jo joyful experience. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Random fun story. I was down in Florida playing volleyball with Dominican sisters uh -huh. and one sister dove and you could see her habit went up and it mm -hmm. revealed this long sock like uh -huh. so all the way up to her calf and i like immediately looked away i was like no <laughs> i can't see her socked calf too much yeah <laughs> no lord forgive me Immodest. <laughs> that's hilarious and that's the only thing i would think about when i hear sisters playing sports it's right, just right. That, yeah, that yeah. image where i was like no. yeah no they get after it soccer tennis all of it yeah. exactly yeah well, they, sisters will have, we'll have to get our sisters at our lady of Carmel oh absolutely yeah absolutely yeah. That's awesome. Well, Jonathan, what is your life like in Christ now? And even specifically, maybe how how do you feel that you now that you're a father? Mm -hmm. How do you share that with your own family and children? Yeah. So, um, so everyone that has children probably can relate. <laughs> but like the day my first child was born was like life altering. <laughs> and like I it was joyful, obviously, but it also like I instantly felt a immense responsibility yeah. to not screw this up yeah. and to get my own stuff in order so that I can hopefully like teach this new person how to live. Right. Right. Um, and so I think that started a you might call it an obsession, but like preoccupation with trying to figure out like what a good life looks like mm -hmm. and like what, you know, healthy, holy masculinity looks like. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I've been striving to learn that ever since yeah. and hopefully bringing my boys along the way. <laughs> um, you know, I think that uh, a big part of that lately has been the XS90 program. Nice. Um, and that has been, you know, a blessing not only in like showing how, you know, you can live intentionally in Christ and how you can basically order your life towards that. Mm -hmm. But more, even more importantly, I think, is it, it gave me a fraternity of guys that were striving for the same thing that could support me, but also hold me accountable <laughs> and like tell me like, yeah. all right, you're not living up to like what you should be doing, like, and yeah, check exactly. me, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I think that's been uh, a huge part of probably the last five years or so. That's when you started five years ago? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think 2016 was the first time. Gotcha. I through. Well, yeah, yeah. can you just give a, a quick pitch? What What's Exodus 90? Sure. For all our listeners in Canada and Brazil. Yeah. So, I mean, really briefly, like the origins. So, uh, Father Brian Dorr, the, the brother of our pastor, Father Richard, um, was um, in charge of for male formation, men's formation out at the seminary um, out in Maryland. And um, I, he started to realize that a lot of these men were very good, holy men, but they were attached or enslaved or had a hard time getting past some of these um, things in their life that were holding them back from being fully free to be um, have authentic relationship with others and with Christ. Mm -hmm. um, and so he kind of thought like, all right, 
what's the answer? What has the answer? The church's answer been to this throughout the years, um, and really it came down to you know the pillars of prayer, fasting, and fraternity or, or community. Mm-hmm. Um, and so really the whole program is kind of formed around that. And so it consists of like a ninety day program where you band together with some like minded brothers, and you basically commit to pray daily, and then also take on this list of disciplines, which gets most of the attention. That's <laughs> really is the really the whole goal of it is freedom, right? Yeah. Is so to get these distractions out of your life so you're free to live authentically and live fully in Christ and in others. True. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's so so vital. I mean, the key cornerstone of that is just community. And that's the uh-huh. cornerstone of our whole faith community unless we're yeah. actually being together. Because I went to Exodus 90 and I didn't have the community in mm-hmm. it. You know, some of the prayer things and the spiritual yeah. disciplines were kind of like, eh. Right. Eh, nobody's holding me accountable. Nobody's yeah. running with me. So yeah, having well, it's impressive you finished it because most guys who start it without a community like yeah. don't finish. <laughs> you get to about halfway through of... and you're like, wait, why? <laughs> why <don't> <laughs> well, there's definitely so some. It's definitely the, the glue that holds it all together. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Yep. So you would say that's kind of what what gives your life purpose now? How you're getting led closer to God now? Yeah, definitely that. Um, I I love reading when I can find time, okay. and when I can't, podcasts usually take that take their place. And so, of course, this is the top yeah. of the list. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I feel like that has been a way for me to try to kind of nourish my faith, mm-hmm. right, and try to stay, uh, you know, growing. You know, hopefully something to find find that can that can stretch me towards growth. Nice. Um, and then obviously having a community, and then my boys to kind of talk through things with is yeah. is is uh, icing on the cake. What what do you do kind of explicitly for your boys to try to lead them in their faith? I know a lot you know, of it's implicit working on yourself and actually striving for absolutely. Um, so part of it is trying to do a bit of what my parents tried to do and try to like have a Catholic culture on the home. And not just like, um, you know, saying prayer before meals, which is important and not just having an Advent wreath during Advent, but, you know, trying to have the faith kind of undergird everything we do in our family. Right. Mm -hmm. So trying to um, make that implicit, like you mentioned, but then talking to the boys explicitly, Mm -hmm. um, you know, family dinner is always a big thing growing up in our family. You know, that was expected. You're expected to be a family dinner. I don't care what else was going on, but uh, family dinner was together. And then Sundays were for family. Um, and you know, the Sundays things are sometimes hard because our kids are scattered doing activities all the time. But like, we try to have family dinners as much as possible. And that's when the best conversation always happens in our house. Um, and usually I'll try to hopefully not bash them over the head with things, but like bring up things that like mm-hmm. they just think they should think about, think about and kind of talk about and talk through scenarios. Um, number one, before they're encountered with those things in the real life to hopefully prepare them, mm-hmm. but also just help them think about their faith and others and, you know, at the table. Yeah, true. Mm-hmm. And you talked about your own family, your parents and your many brothers and sisters growing up. But what else kept your faith alive during your youth? Um, a big part was the, the our parish community um, and all the things that go along with that. Um, you know, I was able to find a like-minded group of, of uh, teenagers at the parish that were all drawn towards the same things. So like uh, the Bible study that uh, now Deacon Lunsford, mm-hmm. but back then just Paul Lunsford, <laughs> did out of people's family rooms weekly was huge and hugely instrumental. You know, it was called a Bible study and we read the Bible a little, but, <laughs> but um, more than that, we would spend more time on just like talking through our lives and talking mm-hmm. through like how we were witnessing to others and how we were dealing with the struggle and how we were trying to live our faith in a culture that um, we were the minority. You know, we, we weren't, the, most people didn't have the same worldview. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was hugely um, impactful. 
Um, you know, I went to the youth groups and things too. And then I ended up going to a couple um, retreats at Steubenville um, in Steubenville, Ohio at Franciscan University. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, um, that was probably one of the times when I intentionally took my faith on my own shoulders and tried to decide like, okay, I need to make this my own. Mm-hmm. You know, they, um, a lot of times, and I think our destination to Jesus retreats, I'm trying to do, do the same thing sometimes, but they'll have a Eucharistic procession at one of the nights. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember specifically on one of the Eucharistic processions where they stopped in front of me and just had a hugely emotional washing over me, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was a pivotal moment. I think that oftentimes I'm worried and I think others are worried about catechizing their children and teaching them the faith. Mm-hmm. But I think what really probably kept me involved was like the personal relationship aspect of the faith. Yeah. You know, yeah. it wasn't just a, an idea. It was a person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think thinking, looking back on it, that is probably what um, made the idea of walking away from the faith or not making it important, not even unthinkable, you know. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Jonathan, who is your, your biggest faith influencer? So I, again, I've been blessed to have many. Um, but when I think about like who has probably had the biggest impact outside of my family is probably our pastor, Father Richard Doerr. Mm. Um, he has been kind of my um, mentor and spiritual father in the faith for many, many years now being here at the parish. Um, and, you know, he and his brother, Father Brian, started the Versailles Society in college. Um, so I had spent lots of quality time. We went to... Um, uh, World Youth Day in Toronto nice. in 2002 with them, nice. which was an awesome experience. Um, and he has really helped our family, my wife Molly and I and our boys, mm-hmm. through a lot of things in life. Um, he's always been a sound voice of reason, um, but also like kind of prodding us towards holiness too. I, he he uh, He's really had a huge impact. That's nice. awesome. Yeah. And Jonathan, you know, we like to say uh, we're grateful no matter what mm-hmm. at Our Lady of Mount Carmel. What are you most grateful for this week? This week? Um, I would say probably. So obviously, I've already mentioned how impactful like our faith community, our parish has been. And mm-hmm. I mean, I think they're, you know, we were so blessed to have a parish where there's not many parishes like it, truthfully. Uh, it's hard to find. Um but truthfully, I go back to like our God being a merciful God. <laughs> like I think about like all the times that like I don't live up to what I should be doing. Mm-hmm. And especially when it comes to parenting, like one of my constant prayers is like, all right, God, please make up for all the ways that I'm lacking yeah. <laughs> and like help me not to screw things up too, too badly, you know? <laughs> um, so I, yeah, when I go back to gratitude, I just thank, thank God we have a God that's not a judgmental God as much as he is a merciful God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's true. And if you don't get that mercy, then you can't be merciful with others. So right. It's like, yeah, it all starts from there. Sorry, Absolutely. I just was reading that today. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you have a lot of a uh, lot of experience, a lot of uh, heart for evangelization, but what mm-hmm. kind of specific gifts do you think the Lord has given you for evangelization? Um, I think that I, I don't know how good I am at it, but I enjoy <laughs> discussing ideas. I love learning about the faith. And trying to understand how that applies to our life. And so like philosophy and theology and those things, like I have, I have no formal training. <laughs> right, let's get that off, off the bat. Let's uh, make sure that's clear. Um, but I love learning and trying to delve deeper in the faith and discussing that with people. So like I love, um, you know, ministering to the youth. I think they're so open to ideas oftentimes. And I love like meeting them where they're at and trying to like lead them towards greater truth mm-hmm. and then hand off the baton when it's above my pay grade. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but then I, um, 
I think all the effort I've put into trying to figure out what like, you know, authentic masculinity looks like with my boys and myself. Mm -hmm. Like, I think I have a passion for trying to understand and help men try to be the men we're called to be, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And I really like talking to people one-on-one and trying to understand on a deep level. You know, I, I've done a little bit of speaking in like my professional life and I'm not great at it. (laughs) Truthfully, (laughs) I'll do it sometimes, but I'm so much better just like one-on-one and like trying to like get deep and understand like where people are coming from. So you can can go a lot deeper one-on-one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 And then what, um, you know, with this podcast, we call it the salted caramel to Mm -hmm. help remind people of the salt of the earth. And uh, specifically, how do you stay salty in your faith? Yeah, I mean, I think I probably touched on a couple of these things already, but, you know, keeping a um, a strong group of people around me mm-hmm. who, again, will support, not only support, but also hold me accountable and keep me on the straight and narrow is mm-hmm. huge. Um, and my excess fraternity does that. I also luckily am I'm lucky to have some family members that will do that same thing. Um, and then I think just learning to grow as a person, but also in the faith. Um I sometimes think one of the best things I could do for my children is just to try and be present Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then to try to be as healthy, you know, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, physically as I can and try to pass those Mm -hmm. um, things on to my children, you know. So I think that's really my my focus is I don't want to put pressure on my children. I hopefully want to try as best I can to lead by example. And then when I fail, point to people who are doing it better, you know. It sounds to me like you're doing a pretty good job there, yeah. Jonathan. Well, he talks a big game. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> See me in action and make a real judgment. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, we like to do a, a call to action each week, and I think you kind of nailed a perfect one that kind of gets overlooked, but it's actual self-reflection. So this week, let's look in, spend some time in prayer to see how you can grow as a person emotionally, physically, spiritually, and how doing by growing in that, you will actually lead others in Christ. And actually, once you find that thing you need to grow in, make an action step to do it. Mm-hmm. How about that? Is that a good one? I love it. Okay. I love it. Good. Perfect. As always, let's uh, end with a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Lord, thank you for Jonathan Titus. Thank you for the Titus family. Thank you for showing us what good Catholic family and good Catholic community can do when put together. Lord, we pray that all families can grow in you, can grow in relationship, personal relationship with you, and to better lead the children of the future closer to Christ and closer to heaven. We ask this all in your name as we pray. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks, Jonathan. Excellent. Great having you. That was excellent. Yeah, stay salty.